The water I drink is about more than just hydration. It's essential to the way I feel and the positive impact that I leave behind. Flow helps me stay active, it gives back to my body, and it protects the earth around me. I'm Sean Mendez, a singer-songwriter and one of millions of young people on a mission to create a cleaner future for our planet. Live sustainably, live flow. Flow is naturally alkaline spring water in an eco-friendly package. It comes in original, organic flavors and collagen. Try it now with code FLOW100 for 15% off your order at flowhydration.com. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arna, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today I am coming to you from magnificent Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so grateful that you made a decision to join me today from all over the world. And boy, do I have a great show in store for you. And I believe that your life will be radically changed after listening to my guest today. Well, how are you doing? Uh, It is summertime here in the ATL. I'm looking out of my window and man, it has really been hot in hot Atlanta, I tell you. Well, uh, I'm going to get right to it. I have a great show for you today. My very special guest is Shelly Chapman, and Shelly has appeared on Dr. Oz twice. She is an expert in food, nutrition, healing, wellness, etc. And guess what? She was my personal chef 12 years ago. So she's going to be really sharing some powerful nuggets Uh, for us, and I'm excited about it. I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Um, I also wanted to remind you, if you have a a wonderful, exciting law of attraction manifestation, email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I would love to hear about it, and I would love for you to come on the show and share your experience with others. You know, when you share your experience, it really brings hope inspiration and and faith i got that out to others so follow me on social media uh, instagram law of attraction constance uh, facebook coach with constance twitter loa constance it's a good thing i can remember all of those and uh, subscribe to my youtube channel constance arnold and follow me on clubhouse law of attraction constance so uh, I want to talk to you, you know, it's so interesting, you know, a lot of people are going back to work uh, about post-pandemic thinking, just really quickly. I've been getting some uh, inquiries from people wanting to talk to me to do a discovery call around how they're feeling, you know, just post-pandemic health and mental health concerns, having to go back to work when you've been at home with your family and your pets, you know, and, and and your friends, and having to go back to work and connect in person, face-to-face with other colleagues and clients, a lot of people are feeling some kind of way about that. Uh, 
you know, a lot of people are realizing, I don't want to go back to work. I want to do something different. And so if you are really feeling in your spirit, and boy, do I know what that feels like, that, you know, it's time for a change. Let's do a discovery call. And, you know, you kind of know in your spirit, I, I don't want to go back to work. I want to try something different. I want to expand my thinking. What are my career choices? And you would like uh, for me to assist you in, in just a career transition. Uh, let's do a discovery call. Email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Uh, man, do I get that. I know when I was at the school system, I was like, God, I don't know if I could go another go to work another day because I knew that there was more on the inside of me. If you are a VP or in a leadership position, you're a director, decision maker, or a supervisor, or you just on a committee, I would love to talk to you about some post-pandemic uh, employee training or development for your employees because companies are realizing they really got to ask themselves some questions. How are the employees feeling about coming back? What's important to them right now? Uh, how, can, how can we assist them in dealing with their fears and anxiety? Uh, how can we begin to, to be, begin to get them, I got that out, to even think a different way? You know, things are not the same. So, uh, you guys know that for 10 years, I um, conducted and facilitated leadership training. So I would love to talk with you about post-pandemic employee or leadership training. Just so y'all know that your girl really got the credentials. These are just some of my clients where I've conducted employee staff development and leadership training. Delta Airlines, the United States Post Office, AFL-CIO, Lockheed Martin, oh boy, Michigan State Government, Connecticut State Government, Georgia State Government, Tennessee State Government, I forgot about some of these, and uh, who else? Georgia Department of Labor, and I was on the Russell Simmons Success Tour where uh, he had uh, an organization that traveled around and spoke. And so uh, let's do a discovery call. I would love to help your staff, your employees, uh, and I would love to coach you personally because, you know, times are just different. You know, I think it's time for all of us individually. I know that in my life, I'm really, I've really been thinking about this. I really want to live my best life. No mediocrity, no fear, living a fearless life, um, just moving, standing, and being my best self, not settling for because of security. I was telling somebody the other day, really the only security that you have is on the inside of you with God or spirit. Because, you know, if you look at the, the job market, if you look at, at, at money, uh, at savings, at the stock market, at what you thought would never leave you. So that's why you got to be true to your own self. 
I would love to assist you in walking through that journey. So guys, email me at constanceatfulfillingyourpurpose.com. We're going to go to these quick commercials and then I'm going to be right back with Shelly Chapman. So everybody stay tuned. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and really excited uh, today. I know what you're saying, Constance. You're always excited and you are exactly right. That's a good thing, right? Uh, let me tell you about my very special guest today. Uh, my special guest is Shelly Chapman. I know Shelly personally, but I got to I'll read to y'all how extraordinary she is. She is a mindful eating educator and founder of the School of Mindful Nutrition. So before she stepped into those roles, uh, she spent 10 years overweight as a compulsive overeater. I didn't know that. So it was in her commitment and deep desire to eat healthier that she really learned about mindful nutrition, food production, and plant-based eating. And as a result, she went from a size 12 to a size two. And if you look at this video, you can see that. So she now teaches others how to do the same at the School of Mindful Nutrition. She also hosts a show on YouTube, The Mindful Plate, and I've watched it and it's really great. It's a week, a weekly cooking show where she teaches all of us how to shift from emotional and stressful eating to mindful eating and a plant-based lifestyle. She's a baller, y'all. She's a superstar. She's been on Dr. Oz twice, and uh, she was named by Women's Health Magazine as one of the 30 top 30 black chefs and foodies that you should follow. I know her personally. She was my chef 12 years ago. That's a whole nother story. But Shelly Chapman, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. How you doing? Oh, thank you. I'm well. I'm so well. That just pumped my spirit up because I'm thinking about how far I've come and you've seen the journey. So I'm so grateful to be here. I'm looking forward to talking with you and everyone is listening. Yes. Well, we have listeners and people who are going to watch this from all over the world. And um, I just want to share a little bit about our story first so that for listeners, you can see how God can move in your life, spirit can move in your life, and you not even know what's going to happen as a, as a, uh, as a, a chance encounter, uh, as just taking a little baby step. So Shelly's in New York, 
and she's in her apartment and she said, Constance, they don't have no air. So she got her fan out. So I got mine over here. So if we get too hot, you know, we both gonna start fanning. So Shelly, let's talk about our journey together. I had not talked to Shelly in about seven years and I just felt led to reach out to her. But 12 years ago, you all know my story when I fell and broke my ankle was going through a, a, a breakup in a, an engagement, uh, had just moved into a beautiful townhome. Remember that townhome? Still mm -hmm. had boxes unpacked and I did not know what I was going to do. How am I going to eat? How am I going to prepare my food? Just to show you that the spirit loves to be uh, with you in what we call the the deep, low places of our lives. I was lying on the bed. Doctor already said, girlfriend, you can't put no weight on your foot. I'm like, how am I going to eat? So back in the day, the spirit just says Craigslist. I'm like, Craigslist? So I put an ad in Craigslist for a, 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 chef, a personal chef. Had never had a personal chef before. But I did that, and lo and behold, I'm going to let Shelly tell her side of the story. We connected, and this woman, when I say she can cook, I mean, we met, we connected, and she cooks, I mean, she prepares the food so good. All of my friends would call me, uh, Constance, what time is Shelly bringing the food over this week? I'm like, you guys... You can go and get food and they would like stalk me so that when Shelly brought the food over for the week, they could come over and eat up my food. But little be known to me until just recently, I knew I had a role in her life, but not, not the role that she shared with me recently. So Shelly, tell your part of the story. Yeah, so uh, around that time, I was wanting to shift phases of my life. I had been teaching for Atlanta Public Schools, and I knew that while education was near and dear to me, it was not in the public school system. And I also had this love for food. And so my spirit was just like, well, go cook. And so my mother called and said, hey, watch Oprah Winfrey today. I said, okay, no problem. And so shout out to Oprah for this connection too. <laughs> And I watched Oprah Winfrey and she had uh, the owner of Zappos on. And he said something that reminded me that now is the time. If there's something in your life and you're calling in your heart to do it now, now, now. So I said, okay. And I got on Craigslist and I put out an ad and I said, hey, I'm a personal chef. My first time doing this, but it's like, this is it. This is the first time and, and the only time. And I put out the ad and Constance responded the next day. And I was like, ooh, somebody responded. It was less than 24 hours. And this is when spirit is working in your life, right? Like you don't have to worry about time. So uh, I opened the email and she essentially explains what's going on with her. And she says, I'm looking for somebody to take care of me nutritionally wise, and it'll be an exchange because I'm also a life coach. And so I'll give you life coaching sessions in exchange for this nutrition program. And I said, oh, that's even better than payment. Cause at first I'm thinking of getting paid life coaching, amazing. And that was that. It was just, man, we connected from there. Cause I, I knew that it, it was more than just that she responded within less than 24 hours, but it was what she responded with that value that she was also bringing to my life. And so I knew that it was gonna be an opportunity for both of us to pour into each other's lives and be in our calling. And, and that's been one of the greatest gifts during my career journey for 
Thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm about to cry now. We got to talk to these folk about nutrition. So, Shelly, where do you want to start with food and nutrition? I mean, coming out of 2020, you know, food and health and well-being is such a big issue. I'm just going to let you start. I got questions, but what do you feel like people really need to hear and are searching for around nutrition and food? I think there's been a reckoning and an awakening. So there's been a reckoning within the food community in terms of how we produce food, where food comes from, how we source it, the safety of that. Um, having gone through the pandemic, there was worried about, well, did this start in a market where there's food? And so there's this thinking of like, well, are we, are we preparing our food in a way that's safe for, for human consumption? And then moving through that is like, are we preparing food in a way that's safe for the sustainability of the earth? And so the, the as circumstances of 2020 led people to start thinking just differently, period. And then that awakening was people are uh, becoming sick. And a lot of it is also because of what they were predisposed to before. So issues like diabetes, hypertension, food-related diseases were also sort of setting the framework for those who were affected by the pandemic to then really, really experience out those worsening effects. And so when we started seeing that, I think as a human, human, human race, humanity, it's like we're wanting to um, create something better for ourselves. And the challenge is, well, how? How do we start, especially if you're looking at a supermarket that might be flooded with foods that aren't the best for you? And so uh, people are turning more so back into their kitchens. People are looking more so back into the farmer's markets, more that sort of slow living around slow eating, you know, instead of getting food fast and quick and convenient, what if I go to the farmer's market and I, and I grab something there that's fresh and local and see if that will enhance me as a human, um, strengthen my immune system. So I, I think that's the direction in which we're going and that's what I'm seeing around nutrition nowadays. So let's talk about food. What foods should we be eating? Is it true that your food is your medicine? What would that look like? Because we got listeners all over the world. Where can people begin to think and shift and change around what they're putting into their bodies? Absolutely, that food is medicine. Um, I would also say that food ultimately is you. Food becomes you. So every single thing that you eat that you put into your mouth is going to become your next organ, your next cell, your next tissue. So when you start to think about food that way and you look at what's on your plate, you can be a bit more, um, take more ownership of what's on, on the plate. Like, do I, do I want this to become my next heart? Do I want this to become my next neuron? And so oftentimes we do think in terms of, well, what fruit should I be eating with vegetables? Uh, what are the macros? What are the micros? And I invite people that that is important. And I invite people to think even more so about, well, what's your own personal constitution telling you that it's for you or it's not? So if when you eat something, for example, after 30 minutes of eating, does that food rest well inside of you? Do you have any belly aches? Do you feel bloated? Do you feel a little lethargic? Do you <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the noise outside. Okay, that's okay. Okay, she's in New York. New York, New York. Okay. <laughs> I was out tune, but they know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes. But do you feel any stiffness? So so when you when you start to think about 
how does your body feel after taking in the food? I think you're way more equipped to answer that question more than I am actually about what should I eat? What should I not eat? And then you also know the foods, for example, when you eat them that spark you, they give you energy, they give you life, they, they make you feel more alert, more alive. And so those sort of things I think are um, what you want to gear to. But if you're, if, if, we start with the idea of just thinking about the food groups, then I think we can get lost into the nuances because every human body is so different, you know? So it's, it's really important to be mindful about what it is that makes sense for you when you eat it. And so talk about live foods. I know you, 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 you said that you eat mostly plant-based foods. So what about people who say, uh-uh, Shirley, I got to have a piece of meat. I don't know what you girls are talking about. Talk about plant-based food and what would that look like? Absolutely. Um, so, it's it, again, I, I want to be clear that for me personally, making the choice of eating plant-based was based on my constitution and based on how I felt when I ate meat. And I also recognize that there are meat-eating societies and cultures so in true. the world. And their meat eating does not contribute to a system in which uh, meat is farmed and you have the sort of animal abuses that you see. Their meat eating is outside of that because it's based more so on local and hunting. And so all that to say is that I fully support sustainable um, uh, dietary diets that may contain meat, may contain vegetables. It's, that's less important. But for myself, when it comes to eating plants, I chose this because energetically how I felt. Like I was saying, when I asked myself those questions, it really helped me decide what's in my to eat food list and what's in my do not eat food list. And as someone who living in a body has experienced allergies, has experienced fibroids, has experienced headaches, has experienced fatigue, um, has experienced levels of depression or sadness, what I noticed, and I wish somebody would have told me this when I came out the womb, Lord, like what I noticed is that what I ate was contributing the majority of it. And it's because I was eating a diet heavy in a standard American diet. So convenience foods, fast foods, meats, fried foods, sugary stuff, processed foods. And so I noticed once I started moving that out the diet, my energy started shifting. And then I was introduced to live foods. And live foods, for those of you that may not know, is like raw foods, live foods. That is food that has not been cooked beyond uh, or heated above 140 degrees. And generally, it has all of its enzymes intact. And so the beautiful thing about nature is when she produces the food for us, the fruits, the vegetables, the seeds, all of that is packed in with enzymes. And those enzymes help us digest and break down the food. And so when we have processed food, the enzymes go away. There's no more enzymes and it's just sort of the fiber, the leftover material. But what happens is the enzymes are what support the digestion and, and help it so you don't have to do as much work. So when we eat foods with less enzymes, we end up running our digestive systems a little, a little rugged. So when I started eating these live foods, it was like something else sparked inside of me. And I remember the last time I felt that was when I was a little girl. And when I was a little child before, you know, life happened and, and you know, you experience sicknesses or diseases or even lack of energy because you have so much. And to know that I was able to revert back to that was powerful. And it all was because of the gift of eating live foods, the gift of eating 
foods that are planted and designed for, for you, for you as a human. So that's why I always go back to that question. You'll know if it's for you when you eat it based on how it's going to make you feel. So Shelly, get you some water and fan while I'm asking you this question. Everybody, Shelly's in, a, in an apartment in New York, and I didn't know this, that a lot of apartments in New York don't have air. And I'm like, OMG, but God knows what, what, what you need. And so she's fanning right now. So Shelly, does, does food have a vibration or an energy attached to it? You know, this is the Law of Attraction Radio Network. So if somebody eats a piece of cake versus somebody eating a pear, I mean, is there a difference? And how does that impact our body? Absolutely. Definitely an, a, a difference and definitely an energy attached to it. So I want to, I love this question okay. because <laughs> when we think about the food energy, I always like to say that that which is infused with the elements. So we're talking water, earth, air, fire, um, spirit, it has those elements. That's where you're going to have that life energy, that energy for me when I eat it, I feel most alive. And that generally comes from foods that have spent time in the element of soil, right? And the element of earth. And then they've been watered and nourished the element of water and air. And so they spent time weaving and, and growing and, and becoming through these natural elements. And the gift, the gift of natural food is that when you eat it, it passes on its goodness to you. And so um, it's a transferring of energy, always. And this is why I was saying earlier about when you eat food, That's you know, good. think about what's on your plate. Is it going to uh, become your next cell? Do you want this Cheeto to become your next cell? <laughs> Do you want this piece of Oreo to become your next cell? Or maybe this fruit salad? It's up to you. And so uh, when you take in that energy, the other energy that you get to add to it is your own energy. And so this is also why I, I know um, in some... Uh, religions or cultures, you may pray over food or, or speak over food. And this is kind of, yes, about giving thanks and, and you know, uh, appreciating where it's coming from. And it's also putting in what it is that you need it to do. And so you get to instruct the food. Thank you for being a part of me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for coming in and ensuring that I get to live into the next moment. Thank you for your gifts. And so there's this a way that you can speak the life into the food, even if it doesn't have all the life, like say, for example, it might be a little processed, it might, you know, et cetera, but you have an ability to kind of switch that energy yourself with your words. Ooh, that ain't nothing but the truth because words are energy. Faith feel words are one of the most powerful forces in the world. I remember hearing this, per this pastor say he was in Africa somewhere in the bush and, you know, they cooked something and brought it to him. He said he didn't know what it was, but it looked like it had some eyes on it. And so he said he just prayed. And he said once he prayed, he was able to eat it because of the culture and socially to say, no, I'm not going to eat that would be offensive. Yeah, understood. Understood. And even, you know, we we're talking earlier about eating meat versus eating uh, plants, etc. And I was talking, referencing those meat eating cultures before that have been around way before the animal processing and uh, animal plants that we see now. And in those cultures, there is such a value placed on life and an understanding that 
this life of this animal is not dying in vain. Thank you, because you are going to ensure that this entire village, this entire community survives and gets to continue to multiply. Thank you for your gifts. And so because of that value, you're not killing all the livestock, you're just killing the one, right? And then there's a prayer and a harvest for the community for that. So it's, it's very powerful, the energy of food. And I think it also, because we understand the power of the energy of food, we often talk about like the good stuff. And I also want us to look at, well, energy is energy whether you want to define it as as like good or positive or bad or negative energy is energy and so when you look more on this other energy that's not as beneficial so if you are constantly eating a diet that is fully processed that has no enzymes that has not spent any time out in the elements but has spent all of its time in a lab that's a different energy and so do you want to be made of lab food or god food like there's there's a difference energy in, in what you're taking in so yeah thanks for bringing that up yeah and so you went from a size 12 to a size 2 and so for someone listening who might want to begin detoxing and releasing those extra pounds and just creating a healthier body what are some steps in or some foods that they can begin to eat or digest or whatever. Yes. So yeah, so 12 size, uh, a size 12 to a size two, one year. And that was less about the foods. I know we want foods. Everyone always asking for foods. But that was less about the foods and that was more about mindset. Well, I'm so glad you mind. said that. Yeah. And so before, when I was a size 12, I ate all the things. I ate whatever my taste buds wanted. I ate whatever my emotions wanted. I ate whatever was available, whatever was convenient. Um, I am a foodie, not even was. I am a foodie, still am. And so when I was living under those guidelines, if you will, of just eating whatever I wanted, then of course the effect is that I also got all these consequences that I wasn't thinking about. Some of them are weight gain, some of them are lack of energy, some of them are experiencing diseases, et cetera. And so the trigger that happened for me was my father transitioned. And when he transitioned, I knew that there was no amount of food that was ever going to bring him back again. Unlike other things in my life, I have been able to eat my way through them, not this. And so I started to shift and I said, okay, well, if every time I feel away, let me just write it out instead of eating it. And I started writing. And I'd so much so that for a year, I walked around with a little pocket journal and a pen and also my phone, because you have a recorder on your phone or you can take notes on your phone. And sometimes I would write, sometimes I would just start speaking out. And what was happening also was because my mindset was shifting, it was then shifting down into my habits and my behaviors. And so this belief was informing the thoughts, which are then informing the actions, the habits, the behaviors. And so I, I started shifting. And when I go to the grocery store, I was now paying attention to what made me feel good versus what didn't. So I started only buying what made me feel good versus what didn't. And then I also have this whole other uh, um, outlet for myself other than food to express those emotions. And when I started writing and expressing, all this stuff started coming up, out. Stuff I was like, whoa, so there had been a prison inside of me 
And that's what was stuffing it now. And I started freeing words and freeing ideas and freeing feelings that I hadn't freed in so long. And the freedom of that is what helped release the weight. So like our weight isn't just always a simple formula of like you're eating a lot and not moving enough. Sometimes it's an energy that's just stuck and stagnant. And so I started working with that energy of stagnation and that energy of being stuck. And I started shifting that into healing, into higher vibration, into movement, into freedom of, of, of expression. And when that happened, it was like, I just go on the scale. Oh, wow. We walk. I wasn't even trying at that point. And trust years before, all the years before, up and down yo-yo, I was always trying do a fast, do a diet, you know, take all the things out of my diet. And the beautiful thing about this was, like I said earlier, I'm a foodie. I didn't have to take anything out of my diet that I, that I truly loved and enjoyed. I just had to shift the quality and the vibration and the energy of it so it could help me release what was no longer mine. I got to get some water behind that. That is so profound because who and you can say it now uh shelly while i'm talking who, who, who and whatever you are in consciousness it creates your reality and your consciousness uh was transformed into i love myself i don't have to go to food i can journal my feelings out i can talk to somebody and, and so you change from the inside out which is permanent change instead of behavior mod behavior modification is outside but transformation is inside and it it directs and changes your behavior i believe that behavior modification is our conscious mind and transformation is our subconscious mind because we know our subconscious mind directs 90 percent of our behavior i'm teaching now but come on back shelly <laughs> Yes. And the, and the behavior modification that we do is diet and exercise, which is what I did so for years. So and it's still necessary, but you have to take the first step. You have to do the inner transformation first and then figure out your diet and exercise, which is why I always say when people ask me, what food should I eat? I take them before that. Well, what feels good? What do you want to be made of? How do you want to feel in the next four hours? And that's what you should eat. So, you know, some of my friends knew that I was, you know, Ave Maria knew that I was uh, 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 recording with you today. She said, well, ask her what are five foods that everyone should eat. And you just mentioned that. So when people ask you that, Shelly, on your food uh, YouTube uh, show, what do you say to them? For the mindful plate. So on the mindful plate, I spend more time. I say the same thing because the thing is that before I teach cooking or recipes, I teach principles. I teach eating principles that help guide you at every single meal. And I believe firmly that if you live, in, excuse me, if you lead with the set of principles, you are going to make the best decision for yourself every time. And so whether you were at a restaurant, whether you were at home in a grocery store, whatever. And so on the YouTube channel, The Mindful Plate, what I like to do is share people, if you've decided this is the path for you, that mindful eating is the way that you want to approach it, here's some ideas. And so I like to take the things that people love to eat. Like I made a banana pudding, a vegan banana pudding, dairy-free, uh, refined the sugar the front food. door. You did. Come oh. on now. I grew up in Atlanta. I had to. <laughs> I had to figure it out for myself. 
So I, I will take the things that we love to eat that we grew up on. And I also have a high focus in uh, culturally relevant recipes. And so I have a lot of recipes from the Caribbean, from soul food, uh, from African countries um, to really bring in those flavors that I know that I grew up on as well um, and give people ideas. Here's what you can do if you decide that this path is for you. But remember, always start with the question. So the mindful plate, are you saying that we need to be in mindfulness when we're eating? Expound on that a little bit. What, what does that mean? All right. So mindfulness is what brought me to this entire transformation. Mm -hmm. It's what brought me to lose the weight. It's what led me to start the School for Mindful Nutrition and start teaching this because I saw the work that it had in my life and I knew. I knew that this was going to be the way for me because I had done everything else. I even thought if I become vegan, that'll be it. But there, what's, what's lacking in all the labels, vegan, paleo, uh, uh, pick one, <laughs> omnivore, whatever. Keto. Keto, exactly. What's lacking in the labels is mindfulness. And I truly believe that if you start with mindfulness, you'll know which diet is going to be for you. And so what mindfulness does is it does a few things. The first thing it does is it brings you present to the moment. So many of us, when we're eating, we are on the go. If we're in, if we're in a, uh, the American culture, yeah. we're on the go. Globally, I think other cultures have way better uh, guidelines mm -hmm. and, and ways, customs around eating. For example, when I was in Dominican Republic, we had a three-hour siesta every day. That was just part of it. And so the fact that you could come home and rest during lunch, but here it's not the case. And so if you're in a place where you're moving a lot or you're never really sitting still with your meal, then my opponent is gonna bring you in and just bring you to be still and be present. And then what it also does is it allows you to then be present about the very sacred act that's happening. Because when you eat, you are essentially becoming yourself with every single mm. bite. And as you become yourself, you are taking in gratitude, you are taking in energy, and that is an exchange. And so you get to hear from your body when it is full, when it's had enough. But if you're rushing and you're not mindful, then you might overeat. So this works really well for people who, are, who tend to overeat or who tend to emotionally eat or who tend to mindlessly eat because it brings you back in. And then as you are becoming yourself with everything you eat, you begin to make more mindful decisions when you go grocery shopping, when you decide to choose what your next meal is. Because when you're at the grocery store and you're having to decide between A and B, you could go to Google, but Google doesn't know you, right? Google, you know you. So as you are becoming yourself and you're feeling this, this, this um, embodiment, of wholeness, of wellness, because of what you're eating, that's gonna influence what you bring to the grocery store, the decision-making you bring to the grocery store. So mindfulness is just like this very all-encompassing um, way of being that really helps guide the decisions, especially if you're someone who's stuck and you really don't know how you should be eating or what you should be eating or et cetera. You know, that's so, it sounds like a spiritual experience. I mean, when you said you sit here and then you eat your vegetables and you're like, I'm so grateful. And you are present with it. And you said you are becoming yourself. It sounds spiritual yourself. Yes, absolutely. You're becoming yourself because that broccoli, for example, that you just put into your body, your digestive system is going to take it. It's going to say thank you. And when it goes down into your digestive system, there is a whole 
crew, <laughs> we're going to call them the crew, okay. waiting to take away those nutrients and distribute them throughout your body. That's powerful. And so I, you are becoming yourself, literally. I, I don't think I've ever heard the vibration, the energy, and the spirit behind food. Like mm. you're able to really, really, it sounds transformational going back to rather than behavior mod which is certainly outside. And so, you know, you talked about a eating experience and we know in the West, we just eat, eat, eat. But when I went to Europe for the first time, where was I? I think I was in France. I was stunned that the waiter never came to the table because it was an experience until you said I'm ready, until you place your, your eating utensils a certain way because it's considered an experience. And all of my listeners in Europe, you tell me if I'm wrong or not. And, and the people who we were with said it would be rude because you have an experience and an encounter with dining and with being with people. That's it. That's it. And that is definitely what's missing, missing in the West. Uh, also, I think about Ethiopian culture. So if you've ever had Ethiopian food listeners and viewers and you've had the experience of sharing your meal from a single plate, or it wouldn't be a plate, but it's a much larger plate, obviously, and you all are using your fingers and your hands to dine, and it's only a certain hand, not, not both hands. And so that experience as well, I think, really brings you back to the present because in the U.S., you have your own plate. It's very individualistic. It further pushes that, that narrative. And so I can eat as much as I want because I don't have to think about anybody else. Or I can waste all the food because I don't have to think about anybody else. It's my plate. However, when you're eating in a, in a culture that shares food from a, a single tray or a single plate, and you have to then be conscious about, well, did they get enough? You know, so now you, there, there is no room for overeating and overconsuming because you have to be caring about the community that you're in. I, I absolutely think that's, that's an important part for people who are looking for other ways is to study other cultures and their, um, their, their dietary habits, their eating patterns and eating customs because it can help you with your own to experience something outside of the standard American diet or the Western way of eating. I love that. Well, well you know, um, I'm going to shift a little bit. You've been on Dr. Oz twice. Hey, look, and you didn't even tell me, but that's all right. I still love you. Uh, and so I want to know vibrationally, how did you manifest that? Because nothing just happened. And what I want to just share with the listeners is, you know, in the quantum where everything is entangled and connected. So just like I put, I put the ad in Craigslist the night before, and then that next day, or did you do it that same night? You did the same thing. We were connected in the spirit before we even met. And uh, uh, one of the townhouses that I bought, I don't know if you ever came to my house when I moved from the townhouse that I think you did. Uh, okay. But uh, uh, when I moved from where Shelly met me, I said, I want a luxury three-story townhouse in a certain area. I want to live in Vinings. And the person who owned the house had had it on the market, but she said that night she couldn't sleep. And she said, 
I'm going to put it back. I forgot where I found it. I'm going to put it back again just one more time. That same night. So I'm saying to listeners, with the law of attraction, whatever you desire, just begin to, you know, uh, plant that seed and then allow the spirit to orchestrate all the stuff behind the scenes. So we want to know what you did. What was your thinking? How did you get on Dr. Oz? Not one time, but twice. Yes. Uh, so I love that story, by the way. About the house. Uh-huh. Um, so this being on Dr. Oz was, it started probably six years before I was on Dr. Oz. And so <clears throat> I remember making a decision that, and a commitment um, and an agreement that I was going to honor this calling and this purpose inside of me, which mm-hmm. was to help the world be better. Now, I mm-hmm. didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just knew that that's what I was going to do. And part of it, as I was revealed sort of plans over time, was I'm going to have to um, have a national voice a voice is global. Like I'm going to have to be able to be on platforms that are going to reach millions. And in order to do that, we got to get you ready. And so I started teaching classes and I got on YouTube and started making videos. And it was really about making sure that I was in the practice of teaching in the uh, purpose of wellness and when the Dr. Oz opportunity came, I was ready because I had done all of that commitment and agreement work before. And so when I went on the show, um, well, so, so did you submit an idea? Did you? Was no, you, it was what, a, um, it, w- it was a calling. And so they, they were calling for people to come on and help with help, help with the health uh, segment. And I said, Oh, perfect. And I just applied for the opportunity and I was selected. Yeah. You know, and what I want to say to listeners is I, I took some notes. She she decided she came into agreement with herself that this was her purpose. It didn't happen overnight. And she was honing her skill set, preparing for that which she desired to manifest. She could have given up, it ain't nothing happening. And I believe that because you were in the vibration of this is my purpose, this is what I'm called to do. Even just the announcement of them looking for someone to come on and talk about wellness and nutrition, you were in that vibration. So that was revealed to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then because of the preparation, I did well. And there's one invited me back again for another segment. And so it was like, wow, perfect. Well, you <laughs> Thank know, you. I, I watched you. I watched you on YouTube. I, I mean, you just strutted out there. I'm like, look at Shelly, so confident in all of who you were, who yes. you are, not even nervous because you had practice. Yes. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I, 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 my entire library is dedicated to nutrition. Like that's what I read for fun, not just for work, not just for education. I can talk about this all day. Uh, when, when the opportunity comes to teach, I'm excited because not only am I a teacher, I'm also a student. And so I'm student more than I'm teacher. And because I dedicate myself to being a student of this work, when I teach, it's transformational. So how did you deal with the part of, 
okay, this is my passion, this is my purpose, this is my agreement, but Miss Constance and Miss Shelley, I've been on social media for six months and I, I nobody is reaching out to me. How do you stay faithful to mm -hmm. your vision and, and your purpose without being frustrated, quote unquote, that nothing is not manifesting yet? Ooh, that, so that's a two-part answer. Okay. So I'm going to say that the frustration was there. Oh, mm -hmm. there were times where I wanted to stop, where I was like, this is not doing anything. I'm, who am I kidding? However, what was there more was, girl, please, you know you love this. <laughs> when you wake up, this is what calls you. When you go to bed, this is what's on your mind. When you dream, this is what comes up. When you're out in the world, this is what, you, what, what you're drawn to. There isn't anything else. This is it. This is it. So the purpose was very clear and loud, way louder than the doubt. But the doubt did come because I'm human. And it's, it's just one of those things you get frustrated, you want to give up. So that's that. And then the second thing is, I'm going to take it back to the beginning. Okay. So Constance and I were sharing with y'all how we met. And so in that exchange, I got coaching from Miss Constance. And through that coaching, one of the things the Constance would always tell me about was the visualization. And she would encourage me to see it, to see it. And she'd call me out when I wasn't believing it. She'd call me out when I wasn't believing it. And so she always brought me into the vision. And when you see yourself at the beginning of your journey with the vision, anytime you lose sight, the vision comes back and reminds you, it shows you. And so that exercise of constantly being in the vision of who it is I say I am, not what I want to be, who it is I say I am, even if the amness, the isness right now is not necessarily showing it, it's no, no, I am it because I am it before, before I get to see it out there because it's an inside job. And then this is going to talk and determine everything else out there. This is what's going to open the doors and, and, and move the things, et cetera. But I have to have it in. And so that vision is the important part. And that's what I have. And that's what you have too. Uh, but if it's something in the way of it, then it can get cloudy. And so you have to constantly go back into the visioning and to the seeing the purpose. You know, I forgot that I told you to do that because it's, oh, it's been 12 or 13 years ago. And, you know, even for me, after 12 years of doing the show, I have to constantly take myself back to this is what you're called to do. You're here to add value. You're here to serve. And I want to say to people who are listening, who may be an entrepreneur online, stop looking for numbers, how many likes you have, uh, how long it's been. What you need to do is just add value, connect with people, you know, share, hone your skills and or your products and eventually money, whatever is supposed to be attracted to you will be. It can't be, I'm trying to make money first. It has to be passion and adding value. And you know, when I saw you on Dr. Oz, I saw that in you. I'm like, Shelly is just strutting out there to meet Dr. Oz. And you know, it, it was in you, I felt your energy. And so for listeners, stop looking for money, for, for likes, for people to notice you. Put your head down and serve. Add value. Add content. And I'm a living witness. You know, it will be attracted to you. What would you say about that, Shelly? 
100%. You've said it all. That's it. Absolutely. Start with service. And you have to remember that when people are out there, they're not looking for you. They're looking for support and help and how you can help them. And so if you start with how you're helping others, then others will then be able to understand the value that you provide. And of course, they'll want to provide an exchange for that value with whatever it is, like you said, whether it's money or whatever. But I, that's it. Start with service. Okay, well, since you're not going to tell us what we, what we need to eat, Shelly, tell us about the School for Mindful Nutrition. I, I just knew you was going to say drink a green drink. I was going to pull up my green drink, but keep on going. So what is the School for Mindful Nutrition and how can people find that? What would that look like for them? Oh, yeah. So the School for Mindful Nutrition is essentially an education. And um, this education is what leads to the transformation, that inner transformation that okay. we were talking about earlier that then creates the sustained modified behavioral changes, like changing your diet and starting an exercise plan and sticking with it for good. But before all that happens, before you get your diet and your exercise, you have to understand that there are some foundational principles that you must follow that you must integrate into your routine. And then you also need to detox. Now the detoxing, as we've all heard the word detox before, and generally we think of doing like a green juice, right? Uh, drinking the lemonade water. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't shame myself and bring my green drink on here to show everybody. So keep going, Shelly. <laughs> so you can do that because there's a lot of nutrition and power in that. However, uh, detoxes will look different for different people, but essentially at the School for Mindful Nutrition, our detox isn't just the physical. So it's not just focusing on the green drinks and the waters or whatever and added nutrients you may need. It's also focusing on detoxing your beliefs. Mm. Some of us have had beliefs around ourselves, around value, around worth. And believe it or not, if you have beliefs that say that you're not worthy, you're not valuable, that's gonna show up on your plate. And so then you'd be feeding yourself the energy of lack of worth and lack of value and then thus becoming that more and more. And so they're a detoxing of thoughts. And so, for example, your understanding of food, where it comes from, what's safe, what's not safe, et cetera, will might be based on a certain understanding, but that understanding is not uh, nutritional for you. And so if you grew up with the understanding of food through the standard American diet, like, yes, it's okay to go to a fast food restaurant every day for the, you know, growing up and eat that for dinner because it's not going to harm you. When we have study after study after study after study that has shown that eating that way does sustain harm to the body. So then what are the different nutritional rules and, and understandings that we need to have to make better choices? So we detox a lot of these beliefs and thoughts that keep us from a sustained dietary lifestyle that's going to give us the life we need. And then we also detox habits. Because the habit of eating late at night, the habit of grabbing a muffin in between breakfast and lunch just because it was there in the uh, co-worker's office, those are the type of habits that keep us away from our vitality, that keep us away from our health, that keep us away from the body that we want. So at the School for Mindful Nutrition, we detox. And Good. detoxing those beliefs, those thoughts, those habits now get you primed and ready for your own transformation. And through that, I also teach you what do you eat, et cetera, because I know people want to start there, but I, I can't. I'd be doing you a disservice. I'd be doing you like everyone else has done you, which is why you're still here, because I was that so person. True. 
Beautiful. <laughs> so Shelly, how can people reach you? What is your website? Do you do individual coaching? Um, mm. Kind of give us all of that information. Absolutely. So yeah, so I do uh, I do a course, which is the detox. It's okay. literally called the detox. And in the detox, you do all of what I just mentioned. And we have had students who have lost 60 pounds, 25 pounds, who have regained their sense of confidence. It's a six-week course. And I do group and individual. And so you can find all that information if you go to www.mindfulnutritionschool.com. I love you. And Shelly, I really love you now because any woman that would record a show in the hot heat of New York in her apartment with a fan and some water must love me and my listeners. And you are, you have wisdom. God has given you wisdom. And what you're teaching and sharing is what people need because it's transformational. You know, tell us your YouTube channel again. Absolutely. It's called The Mindful Plate. It's on YouTube. And if you want to sign up for the newsletter that I send out every week, you can go to www.mindfulplate.tv. I want all of you guys to visit her website, go and subscribe to her YouTube channel, contact her for coaching. I've been sitting here listening to you and you really have a revelation about transformation from the inside out. And that's what people need. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank Everybody, uh, like I said, visit Shelly's website. Shelly, I love you and I appreciate you. And everybody, as I say every week, get happy, be happy, stay happy, and see what happens. Make a decision to have a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com. With amazing deals on the entire Toyota lineup, this summer may be the best ever. Yes, even better than the summer you burned a CD called Summer Jams and listened to it on repeat on your portable CD player. The Big One Sales Event, now through July 22nd.